All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation, and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. This podcast is part of a short series to help and encourage current and potential small business owners to improve and grow. I will be talking to experts in their fields, as well as successful business owners, and we will be discussing what they do and how they do it so well. Many business owners out there either have an employee, have always wanted to get an employee, or are in the process of looking for an employee. Today, I wanted to talk about a very important topic, which many business owners actually oversee the importance of, um, and that is HR. So essentially hiring and firing people. Today, I have with me El Ashnai, who is the managing director of the Talent Playbook, one of the managing directors. And El has worked in so many different industries and aspects of human resources. And I felt that she would be literally the perfect person to talk about this very topic. El, thank you so much for being with us. Ah, my pleasure. It's, um, you know, when I was talking to you earlier, you were telling me that it's dealing human resources itself, a lot of people underestimate the intrinsic nature of it, I guess, just the fact that, you know, it's, you're dealing with humans, you're dealing with people and it's not, things sometimes aren't always black and white as well. But um, can you, before we get into that, can you sort of just maybe give us a bit of a, a rundown on your background and your experience working in the area? Yeah, sure. So I actually um, hail from more of a talent acquisition background predominantly, but found my way into human resources through that journey. Um, And I've been doing HR now for 15 years plus, Uh, worked in very diverse industries from technology and engineering right through to hospitality and retail. Um, and that's really important as a HR person because there is so much diversity in relation to portfolios and understanding different awards and how to manage humans within those different businesses. So that's a little bit about me and our business is uh, predominantly we work within the recruitment space, but we also do what we call talent management and assist different um, businesses and industries from that perspective. So we are one of your most trusted partners in the talent management space. Yeah, nice. And and also, as far as the actual, you know, from a human resources perspective, I'm assuming you've worked across the board in all the different assets of human resources, or at least had a good part Absolutely. I've done everything from cradle to grave, so the higher to the fire, basically, Um, and all the very challenging stuff in between. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Honestly, like it's, um, you know, it's having an employee. I mean, maybe we should start off, you know, just on the process of hiring someone, you know, just a very high level overview, I guess. But for somebody that's listening to this, that's never actually had an employee that thinks Mm. it's just as straightforward as, you know, finding someone giving them a tax file number form to fill out and they can just start next week type of thing. Um, Can you just give like a really brief high level outline of like the process of finding someone just from a practical point of view and even from like a 
a, a legal perspective? Sure. I guess the first thing is I like to talk to clients about uh, taking them away back to the beginning of, of why they're making the hire. So a lot of people, a lot of companies will spend a lot of money on marketing and have a wonderful brand that they're ready to present to the world and go, hey, I actually need some employees now to make this, this function. Um, and that brand promise does not exist without the employee and the employee actually having a very strong understanding of how to execute that promise. And people completely forget that. Um, and making sure that we are able to articulate that through job advertisements and creating uh, really strong job descriptions that actually help people understand what good looks like in your business is where you need to start basically when you're hiring someone. So fundamentally as an employee employer, if you don't have a good grasp of what you're trying to achieve from a, the hire for at least the next six to 12 to 18 months, then you really have no business hiring anybody because it's a big responsibility to take on a human being um, in your business and take care of them for eight hours a day uh, generally and making sure that you have all your ducks lined up to be able to execute on your promise to them. So that's, I guess, the first um, philosophy of the hire to begin with uh, in relation to how you should go about kind of starting this if it's your first time. I always advise employers uh, to go Firstly, to understand what your award is. Now, the award is used as our instrument in um, human resources or employment law to really govern how that employee, uh, that employee's time is going to be within your business from the time you hire them to the time that potentially they leave or are terminated. So understanding what award your employee, first of all, goes under and then understanding the grade to which they then adhere to within that award is the very first step of hiring. Not all employees are going to be covered by awards, especially those who are highly paid, but we're talking about first steps in small businesses. So most likely they're going to be under an award. So making sure and you understand what that award is, um, uh, you know, finding it, reading it, understanding it, and then using that as your guide to then create your recruitment process, your contracts, your induction, you're really following through with that award because no matter what you want to do in your business and what you put in your contracts, none of that matter. What matters is the award and what the award says your employee can and can't do within your business. Mm. So that's another place where um, you'll have a lot of guidance, but you'll also have a lot of stress because a lot of people read that document and don't have the ability to truly understand it or translate it to their own business. And that's where potentially you might want to get a lawyer involved or a human resources professional to come and help you articulate that to set that up to begin with and create that employment contract. But at the same time, Fair Work has a lot of great resources on there to help you, whether it's checklists or it's um, forms to be able to help you actually create contracts. They do have some of those templates sitting there initially. 
And then from there and understanding what the award is, then you need to create your recruitment process. A lot of businesses don't actually want to put a recruitment process in place. They think it's just putting an advert out on Seek, receiving applications, calling people, hiring them and placing them in said job. If only it was that easy, it's, it's really not. There are so many steps to the recruitment process that you need to put in line to ensure that you're going to have a great hire and then you're going to have a really good induction and experience from there. Um, and then there's all the technicality around the kind of policies and procedures and um, documentation you need to ensure that they are completing prior to starting and on the first day to not only um, ensure that that employee is legally within your business, but also to avoid any legal issues in the future around um, any risks that you might have in when you're performance managing them. So there's a whole gambit of things that you need to look at from that perspective too. Yes, and and everything you're explaining to me makes me realize why more and more you'll always have a job because yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those things. A lot of business owners, they won't understand these things. And plus, from what I understand and from what I've seen, the goalposts are always moving as well. So oh, you know, yeah. an award can say one thing and then things change. And if someone doesn't have their finger on the pulse or they don't know what to look for, it's – um. Yeah, forget it. And and the thing what I really like what you said is at the start is having a strategy and, you know, knowing your promise to them because it's such a responsibility. Um, a lot of business owners, they normally only feel it once they have an employee, but, you know, literally you're putting food on that person's table um, at, at home for their family, you know, and if you don't have a strategy as to why you need someone or, or what that person's job is going to involve, A, that person won't have a enjoyable experience at work. And secondly, there's a chance you'll let them down and, you know, potentially turn around to them in the future and say, look, I'm really sorry, but there's no job for you anymore. Or we don't, you know, what I thought I needed you for, I don't really need you for and Mm. tough luck, go find another job, you know? So that's, it's such a big responsibility. And I think you owe it to yourself and to that person and to their family to make sure that you've got that strategy. So I really like that you have that discussion with people. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, employees aren't mind readers. And I think a lot of people uh, think they're going to read your mind or that somehow you have completely told them what it is that you want. And as a business owner, we are so close to um, the profit of our business say, right? So we we see that. And then when you have an employee sitting there and they're not doing exactly what you think they should be doing, you can see that num- you can see your numbers straight away, you know, and that really affects the relationship and the dynamic between you and the employee. And the way you can put a distance between that is actually to strategically pull everything back and ensure that you have understood what that high is going to look like prior to jumping into it so that you can actually catch yourself when you're probably in more of a destructive mode and you're not actually managing that person correctly because there's really only two things that employees want employee um, employees want from their employer there are only two of the basics when hiring and one of them is people don't want to work for excuse my French but an asshole I mean that's just the reality they don't want to work for somebody who they find um, is unkind or doesn't align with their values and values is exactly what culture is so what you value as a owner is exactly what's going to come out in your culture of your business and the second thing is, is they just want to know what good looks like if they can actually go to work and know that when they do a b and c 
in this order at these times. That is what good looks like in this business. They have a sense of happiness because that's contentment. That contentment is achievement. And it's so simplistic, but so many employers do not get that concept and don't ready themselves up to shore themselves up to be able to give that back to the employee. Yeah. So it sounds like you're what you're trying to say as well is that it's about managing expectations and 100%, telling yes. what, what you expect of them so they know what to expect of themselves because if they expect that of themselves and they know that you're going to be happy with what they've done and they expect you to be happy because they'll hopefully be happy. Well, That's you know, right. So. so understanding your expectations at three months, at six months, so you, so you know that you are in the realm of what good looks like. And what also helps you do that as an employer, when you set that up, is that then you understand whether you have a high achiever, whether you have a, you know, medium to high performer, because you can see you've told them what good looks like. Maybe they're not meeting it or they're just meeting it or they're exceeding expectations. Then you can kind of see where that person's performance is. And it's as simple as that. I mean, human uh, HR and performance management can be very simplistic if you allow yourself to really just use the the nuances of human behavior um, and apply that pragmatically to day-to-day situations and ensure that your communication has met the expectation as well. So it's just, it's simple, but challenging at the same time. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And just like what you said, we're dealing with humans um, yeah. and different types of humans. And These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. So, and just to continue on that point, what about when it comes to personalities? So, you know, I I know with hiring, you know, hiring people, for example, there's different personal, I mean, I haven't sat a job interview for a while, but, you know, I I remember, I think when I was a teenager, I applied for a job at a somewhere, I don't even remember where it was anymore, but they did this personality thing, asking these questions about, you know, hey, if you, you know, in this situation, what would you do and that type of thing? Is there like, I mean, could you briefly just explain that process and um, how a business owner can potentially look for certain things? Or, Hmm. um, I mean, I know the best ways to, you know, seek the advice of a professional like yourself, because this is literally what you're trained in doing. But if you could just explain that process and how it works, I guess, and, and why, certain employees will sometimes look for a particular personality type or sure you know. I think um, what you're also trying to say is around culturally what are we culturally and how does that person fit in to our business potentially as well but in relation to when you're interviewing there is something called a halo and horn effect and halo is where we have certain prejudices within ourselves um, and those prejudices are usually just what we like about ourselves, right? So if I'm the kind of person who is quite extroverted and um, I like it, you know, when uh, my employees are always early and show up and say good morning to everybody, I've got all these intrinsic kind of values that I've uh, that I have that are that are my prejudices when I actually meet other people. But the problem is when we meet people, we look for ourselves in them. Because we forget we're not on a date. Uh, We're actually interviewing someone and we're trying to find diversity for our business because we need a diverse way of thinking to help us with what we're doing and being able to grow our business. But that halo effect, unfortunately, does come in. And that's why you see a lot of businesses where you have very similar personality types or you even have the 
physical appearance of people that looks quite similar to each other. So it's really important when you're meeting somebody and you're actually trying to look for a personality trait that you've actually articulated what that is. And how do we do that without veering off into our prejudices um, is we should look at what is good in our business. Now, if you have employees, what I always say is look at your best employee and ask yourself why they are your best employee. What is it about their personality? What is it that makes Melissa good? Is it because she's the type of person who always goes an extra mile for a customer? Is she the type of person who always tidies up after somebody else? What What is it? Is it then you'd look at that and go, okay, well, that um, attribute is initiative that you're looking for. So you can then articulate what that is and then you try and find that in that person by doing behavioral-based interviewing, which is basically asking a question where they can give us an example of when they've displayed that particular behavior in the past. So if you're looking for initiative, um, you would be saying to that person, tell me about a time when you've gone above and beyond for a customer in the past. And then they would tell you what that example is and then you're able to see whether that person has initiative or not, whether they struggled with that question. That's a very basic way of doing it, but it is how we actually start to then pull apart the type of personalities we're looking for. In relation to that horn effect, again, that's something that we may in ourselves not like. For example, I had a candidate who was really amazing. The hiring manager loved them and said, you know, the only thing I don't like about this candidate, L, is that he has a beard. And that's just really unprofessional. Like I would never have rocked up to an interview with a beard. And I really just had to break down this person's prejudice or their horn effect that they were allowing something so very simplistic, something we could even ask the candidate about potentially if they wanted to remove it or even talk to him about the fact that it, you know, it was 2021 and that's not that's not as big of a deal anymore when you're client facing. So it was trying to understand something so simplistic that was keeping this person from hiring this person because they had this idea and this concept in their head that you can't go out to clients and see them with beards. So it's just, again, um, understanding what our prejudices are, how they might ma- be managed through the recruitment process, but also understanding what those attributes we're looking for are and creating really great questions within the interview process to be able to ask a candidate to be able to decipher whether they have that or not. Yeah. So, so when you talk about um, yeah the, the that exact point, I just think of as a financial advisor, you know, um, a big part of what we do is we help clients make objective decisions. So we, we help them put away their pre-perceived conceptions of things and um, and just to essentially give them advice on what is best for them. And for example, somebody may have been burnt in the past with a particular type of investment, so they don't want to touch that. It's my job to be like, well, hold, hold on a second. You know, I know that happened 10 years ago, but this is why it happened. This situation is a little bit different, and this is why I think you should do X, Y, and Z. So it sounds like you'll, you do a lot of that as well when you talk to people, like you gave that example with the um, the gentleman with the beard and how it's, you know, yeah, it's, yes, they have these preconceived perceptions or, con- you know, ideas on what a beard means or, you know, how bad it is to to have a beard in, from in, in a professional atmosphere but you came in and said well you know let's put that to the side for a second and let's look at what you're actually looking for you know is that a mistake is that actually an error that you see a lot in businesses where for example let's say i don't know you walk into a a car depot a car yard for example and the owner's got an afro um an, an orange afro and then suddenly you see all the other staff members with orange afros as well and 
you know, I mean, that was a bit, I doubt that even exists, but you sort of get my point where, you know, you've seen somebody, a business owner's hired people really oh, similar absolutely. to them. Go, go and go around any business and go have a look at it and you'll see it, whether it's a retail business, whether it's a business with, with an office. I've even had um, clients that I've worked for that I realized very quickly that they weren't looking at skill set, but they were actually looking at the LinkedIn of each one of their candidates, which I found very interesting. I thought, okay, that's, I mean, that's good. They're doing their due diligence to ensure it's cross-referencing with a ref- with a resume. But then I realized that every time they would look at the, the LinkedIn and the person was quite attractive and they were in a certain demographic of age group, and this was uh, actually woman on woman. So it was a woman hiring and w- hiring other women. Um, so it wasn't to me in relation to a, a sexist thing, but I think what she was trying to do is that she had this idea that these type of females do really well with our clients, right? These type of attractive um, certain age demographic do really well and that's what I'm going to continue to hire, which was really unfortunate because I happen to know that within her space that she was hiring in, actually women who were more in their 50s to their 50s to 60s, etc., who kind of had moved past some of the other challenges within their career were actually actually did really well in that space. I knew that from only just looking back on my own experience and not even that she should even choose from that group, but the fact that she was completely cutting them out was really unfortunate. But especially in Australia, um, it is rife in relation to people not being able to think outside the box or hiring um, just due to physically seeing someone and saying that person looks like they should work here. That happens a lot in businesses. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like somebody that's 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 always worn a red that they've always worn a red dress to work, mm. and they go shopping on the weekend and they decide to buy some casual clothes, but they buy red clothes, and they might buy something black, but they'll stick to these things that they're comfortable with or that they think is best, and they only go to the stores that they think are best. You know, it's like you're coming in and saying, "Well, hold on a second. There's there are other stores out there." For them. That's why. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Red, yeah, red's that's always it. worked, but they don't realize if they just put that blue dress on, how much better they may look. And that's the thing about diversity is that we don't know how how much better we can do, how much more we can have. Um, if we continue just doing the same thing over and over again, we just keep getting the same results. Really. Yes. And do you think that's, uh, apart from this, what other, again, what other areas do you think, what other big mistakes do you normally see in businesses when they, again, when they sort of just do it themselves or they, they think they know what they're doing? Hiring friends and family. Yep. <laughs> that's a big one. I mean, I, I'm no one to speak. I work with my husband. Um, but hiring friends and family is a real issue that I see a lot in businesses. I see it as something that completely undoes a lot of really great recruitment. So I've seen a lot of people, whether there's family in the hierarchy, who then make a real issue to retain any really wonderful talent that they bring in, no matter what, because that skill set just isn't there or that, um, you know, correlation on the actual values is not there. So I always say where you can, try to ensure that you don't have friends or family and if you do happen to have them in the business they need to be far away from each other and having them as decision makers especially with each other's portfolios can be very challenging as well and imagine the strain and challenge that puts on the individuals who are not part of that connection 
within the business. So I say that is a big mistake. Um, a big mistake as well is the way they go about recruiting, um, not doing reference checks, something so simplistic where you can actually just find out if that person is exactly what they're saying they are. Um, you can do a reference check. You can do a social media check, a background check. I mean, these are small little things that you can do to save yourself a lot of pain potentially in the long term. And just looking for cues if somebody denies your reference check. They say, oh, no, I can't get Carol to give you a reference check for my last employee employer because she's on holiday. I would always see that as a red flag, just like I don't red flagging behavior. Um, and then also just not reading the cues of of your candidate through the recruitment process and then through the hiring stage and having no induction for them as well. So I think a lot of people just want to get people just moving through, you know, feet on the ground, keep, keep running, but you need to genuinely check in with people. You need to have some kind of rigorous induction process so that they know that they are in safe hands and they have a soft landing post for them, uh, especially when it comes to professionals um, that are doing jobs that have technicality involved, etc. They need to know what good looks like and they need to know what they're learning. I'd rather have my employee bored to death in induction um, than not feeling like they have been taught anything and then expected to execute things that they can't expect, they can't actually execute on. Yeah. And, and something that really... You've said a few things that also, again, I relate this back to financial advice where I say this a lot, where somebody could be, the issue with financial decisions is if somebody does it themselves or they make the wrong financial decision, that is, um, they normally don't know they've made a mistake ever or sometimes if they find out it's too late. And I feel like this is very mm -hmm. similar. Like you can be hiring the wrong people for all these years, whether it's just family or it's just people with, you know, orange afros. And then- <laughs> have issues with your business and not actually know what the issue is, or you might think it's something completely different and you might, it's like having a, you know, a, a sore hip and you're trying to treat your, you know, your elbow type of thing, you know, oh, where you could be trying to. That's a perfect way of saying it. That's yeah. exactly it. And it's the whole idea of people hiring somebody and not preparing them and not inducting them correctly and then expecting them to execute something that you've got in your head that you haven't even shown them. It's so unfair. And it just makes people feel like I really don't want to be here. I don't want to work here, especially millennials and Gen Z, they will hop out of your business within a minute. They do not care, especially given the gig economy and the fact that people aren't as uh, stressed out about 10 years anymore, especially the fact that we have got a shortage in the workforce. Um, they have no problem walking away from a business. And unfortunately, uh, we, got, we have a lot of behaviors now in Gen Z where they'll either ghost a business where they don't even quit. They just don't show up or they don't reply back to a message because they've got technology to be able to put that barrier between themselves and the employee and the employer. So you have all of those new nuances in there um, that you have to manage, which is so challenging on top of everything else to do with hiring. That's why you've got to definitely try and use somebody, a professional to work with you to help you navigate it because it's very time consuming and can really suck the life out of you and your business really. 
Yeah, yeah, agreed. And sometimes making the wrong decision can actually cost a lot more than if you had actually paid a professional to help you make the right decision. Especially when you've got customer-facing roles. You know, a lot of people, um, you can spend all this money on a beautiful fit-out for your cafe that you have. Uh, You've done this wonderful social media spread. You've got this marketing agency. Everything's happening. Meanwhile, John, your barista, is swearing and being awful in front of customers. But every time you show up, he's really wonderful. I mean, that is, he is your business. He is what your brand promises. All the other bells and whistles around it mean nothing without that person aligning and understanding how they're supposed to do their job and what is expected of them. So it really, the fact that people put such little importance on that compared to all the other stuff, first of all, tells me it's because it's super challenging because it's human and it's ambiguous and it's very hard to manage. But it also tells me that they're not in a position to be managing other people or to have that business. And being a business owner, there's a lot of um, responsibility that we hold and and rightly so because we do reap the rewards at the end. But at the same time, we are expected to do the challenging parts of HR as well. Yeah, well said. Well said, mm-hmm. El. And, and if somebody wanted to contact you um, in your business to learn more about what you do or to even seek the advice of your services, what would be the best way for them to do that? So if you just jump on Google and um, look up the Talent Playbook, it'll have our website straight away. I always say for candidates, if you want to uh, be updated on our latest and greatest jobs and what we're doing, um, jump on Instagram or LinkedIn, just pop in the Talent Playbook. It'll come straight up and we always have our latest stuff there. In relation to our clients, again, LinkedIn or our website, you can get in touch with us. Someone will um, absolutely help you if you need anything. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. And, and lastly, um, I'll just finish off with our dad joke of the day. <laughs> so I was talking about um, orange afros before, so I thought I'd drop in an <laughs> orange joke. But why did the orange turn into orange juice? Ah, oh, I don't know. It just couldn't handle the pressure. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had a completely separate joke lined up. But I mean, I don't know where the orange afro thing came from, but hey, it works. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. But, it was um, definitely dadish. Oh, uh, mate. I, in, uh, Promise me you'll use that example with a client one day. Certainly. You have to. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time, Ella. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. And feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.